We've got roughing the passer calls galore, coaches getting fired, and comebacks from good teams and bad ones, such as life in week five of the 2022 NFL season. Welcome back into the opinionated sound room of ISM. I'm Dave, and I'm joined by my all-knowing fantasy football brother, Josh, and this is Irreverent Sports Meandering, a podcast where two brothers from two states away try to bond by arguing sports. If you'd like more of the irreverence, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you would like to let your opinion be known, you can email us at ismdaveandjosh at gmail.com. Remember, we are not experts. So if you don't like what we are saying, well, that's nice. I don't care. We've got a great show for you tonight. We are going to wish an ex-Falcons quarterback a happy birthday. Talk about the egregious roughing the passer calls. But first... The first coach has been fired from this NFL season. Why, Josh? Why? Today is October 12th, 2022. Let's get irreverent. Well, Josh, we went through another week of a full slate of games as uh, the bye week is coming up next week. This is the last one of them and for, for quite a while. Um, I got a lot of football watched, but one thing I thought that was interesting um, was how bad the Panthers are. And I didn't know that Rule was going to get fired, but Matt Rule was fired um, on Monday. What are your thoughts? Well, it's not surprising uh, at all. I uh, I feel like that people were on the radio and other places were talking about, you know, if he doesn't win this week, he's probably out. So um, not surprising, but um, I don't really blame Matt Rule too much. He was pretty much given like the worst personnel other than like a couple players in the league. And you, you really can't have any success when you're given two years on a seven year contract and you're given nobody. So well, that's, like, well, that's, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking he's only gone two years, five games. He had a seven year contract. Shouldn't he get more time? Like I, I get that. Like his offense is, or his teams just aren't looking very good, but he had to deal with a Christian McCaffrey being injured for two straight years. And now he's trying to figure out how to use him. Um, he couldn't find a quarterback. He's gone through Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Um, did he get a fair shake? I would say he got enough of a shake. I would say that. So if you want to compare this to other coaches, um, what was his record at, at Carolina? Um, yes, he was five and eleven, then five and twelve, and then one and four. So he had okay. a record of eleven and twenty-seven. So I mean, coaches have been fired, have been kept for worse, and been fired for more, for sure. I would say that he was more of a victim of his circum of the the franchise's circumstance than his own coaching, but you know, his coaching wasn't exactly helping them out. So, I uh, I don't know if I could say that this was a bad firing, but I definitely I definitely think he should have been given more time. Like yeah, he definitely should. I mean, two and a, two years in five games is not three years. And I think with a seven year contract, you like you got to think he's thinking I'm going to build this thing from scratch. All right, but this with could Christian, be one of, wait, wait wait like think think about where he was at. Like so, he just turned around Baylor. Baylor was like insane he takes this contract seven years he's thinking okay i'm gonna build this thing from scratch with christian mccaffrey as my running back and then christian mccaffrey gets injured right away like everything goes out the window he can't find a quarterback to play like all of them every single one of them cam newton at the end of his career um teddy bridgewater looks better now than he did then um, Sam Darnold was just as bad as he was with the Jets. Um, and the Baker Mayfield, is that Matt Rule's fault? I don't think so. I, I think he should have gotten at least five years. I don't know about five years because he didn't really do anything to deserve five years. Well, he was but, he was on a contract for seven. So I think he well, should at least that, give a that good was a Carolina of the contract. That was a Carolina Panthers thing that they do sometimes and they make bad decisions. Um so that's not that's not on him. I would say that he probably should have gotten the rest of the season, but if in three years you only win like fifteen games or something, like that's the end of it. You know, you got. I would go. have given him one more year after this year. 
at least. Well, I mean, but you love every coach that has ever what coached do you mean, love? In, in, in like no, Chicago. I so just like, think I just think people should have a fair shake. I was okay with Matt Nagy being fired at the end of this year. I was more than okay. All right, but I think every coach should get a fair shake because look at like the Chuck Knowles, like Chuck. Noel, the Steelers weren't great right away. It took four years. You know, um, even the quarterback for them, uh, Terry Bradshaw, he was not good his first few years. Like, not good. Like, I'm not saying he was average. I'm saying he wasn't good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got to give teams, you got to give coaches, you got to give players an opportunity to make themselves fireable. Yeah, but... With Chuck Knoll, he was getting better every single season. You know, like that rule wasn't getting better. Like if you can see progress, that's a totally different story. But think about even Belichick. Belichick with the Patriots. Like if he didn't find Tom Brady, who knows? He might not have lasted that season 2001. Well, he'd already had two losing seasons. And that year they were, I think, one in two or one in three. When Bledsoe got injured, maybe? I could be wrong. I don't think they were that bad, but it's possible. I don't really remember it, but to be honest, Bill Belichick was well-known in the league already for being extremely smart, right? So even though he had, like, mm-hmm. only I, I some, somewhat good, like, somewhat okay success at Cleveland here mm-hmm. and there, Mm-hmm. When he came to New England, it was more along the lines of, well, we believe in you and everyone else does too. And he, you know, he went from a losing, a losing record, losing team. And then I don't think he had a losing record since his first year in okay. New England. And that includes years without, without Brady. So your, your argument's a little bit disanalogous. Like Bill Belichick had rising success in New England the whole okay, time. Okay. So Bill Belichick was took fifth place finish in his first season as the Patriots head coach. Then in 2001, he was uh, three and one. Or sorry, one and three. I apologize. Okay. One and three. When, when, when Bledsoe went down. Okay. So okay. that was 2002, right? Or no, that was 2000. That was 2001. His first so season 2001. was 2000. Yeah. Okay. And then they won the Super Bowl that 2001 with Tom Brady. But if Brady never went in, if he never found Brady, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm saying rule needs more time. Like Belichick even was fired from his first job with Cleveland. Now, do I think he should have been fired? Is it his fault Cleveland fell apart because they were moving cities to Baltimore? No, not at all. All right. But I am saying that coaches need time. As do players. And maybe he'll get it, like, and look at Belichick. He had his first shot in Cleveland, and then he went to New England, and, he, and, he, and we all see what happens. Maybe this was his first shot, and he'll go somewhere else. But he wasn't getting it done. It's, I, I think it's fine. I, I do think they should give him the year, mm-hmm. but I think three years is more than enough time when you're that bad. Um, like I said, though, if you have rising success, you know, you win one game, you win five, like five games, you win seven games. Like, that's a different story. You know, but if five wins, five wins, and or yeah, five wins, five wins, and then what do you have? One win this year, like you said. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows how many they could have won, but it doesn't matter. You know, he was just tanking. So was uh, he tanking or was Baker Mayfield tanking? I mean, you can always say it's the quarterback. I'm just right. I'm just saying. And by the way, I was wrong. Bledsoe got injured in the second game, but they were still uh, they were zero and two. Um, then they won their third game and then lost their fourth game. Okay. And then Tom Brady started taking over at that point. All right. Gotcha. So, um, just to correct myself. <clears throat> and, and like you said, with Chuck Noll, it was rising success. And with Matt Rule, there was no success. It was just flatline. I'm it's just like a flat team. So I'm cool with it. Like, I'm cool with it. I, they, I would have given him the third year, but I'm cool with it. What was what was Chuck Knoll's record? I know it's kind of a a uh, a weird thing to ask, but let's. I want to take a look here real quick. It's uh, he won one game, five games, and then six games, and then eleven. Oh my gosh! So he wouldn't. He would have been fired, maybe in this regime. No rising success. By, by the Panthers. He won one no, game. 
no, because then he won five David, games. Then he won six games. He's only one in three. Yes, but Dave, it's again, it's the trajectory. Like you're missing the point. It's not the end result. It's the trajectory. Okay. Like, yes, Peyton Manning could have played till now, like just like Tom Brady. Okay. But his trajectory was so terribly on the way down. He's just like, I'm out. <laughs> like, yes, his whole career, he was amazing. But it doesn't matter. His trajectory at the time of his retirement was a good choice, like made it a good choice to retire. All right. It's a trajectory. It's, it's important. Anyway. Yeah, little known, little uh, something interesting. Um, in Chuck Knoll's third season, he lost his first game of the year to the Chicago Bears. So just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then he won the next two. Say. So you're right, it's not the same. He was actually two in three in the first five weeks of the season. So, which is not one in four, but still. Okay. All right, Josh. Well, let, let's, let's move on. You know, in the spirit of, of the whole Matt rule being fired thing. Um, I love, you, you know, in, when we were planning this, you came up with this idea, which I think I really like, let's do our Mount Rushmore of most deserving coach firings, which by the way, Matt rule is not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> if you needed to know that at all. <laughs> I, no, we can tell Dave. We can tell. Trust me. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> so, uh, so let's go ahead. Let, let's do our Mount Rushmore, which if, if you don't understand what that means, it means who, like, who are the four people, um, that you'd put like their heads on a mountain for the certain subject. So I'll start it off. My number one is, uh, John Gruden for the Raiders the second time, <laughs> um, due to emails and controversy and, um, uh, race, racist remarks um, he was fired last year, um, by the Raiders. And I think to me, that was a very deserving firing. You can't have someone leading your team that is acting a fool, even behind closed doors. That was, yeah, that was a slam dunk. I mean, yeah, like, in fact, it kind of helped out. I feel like it helped out the Raiders because I think he was not doing all that well. And mm. they, they signed up to a hundred million dollar contract. I'm pretty yeah. sure they got out of like seventy million dollars. Yeah, of, like I thought. Um, gosh, what is his name? Uh, Mark Davis was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I got out of my stupid contract." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, we've traded off. Should I go next? Yeah, go ahead. My my first one it might be a little bit shocking, but I have Adam Gase from the New York Jets. Might that be um, shocking? He is one of those coaches that really believes that he's the reason that the team is good. Mm. Unfortunately for Adam Gase, none of his teams were ever all that good, and he w wouldn't play his best players for some reason. It made no sense. And Miami, he like wouldn't play Kenyon Drake. I, no one understood why. Um, he in <laughs> in New York, even though you know Le'Veon's career definitely took a uh, a hit. Uh, he didn't play Le'Veon Bell like nearly as much as he should have, like just because he didn't want him on the team. Like I feel like as a coach, you got to put it aside how you feel about players or whatever. You know, you have to play your best players, and he just never did that, and it made no sense. Well, and he was like he was he was living on uh, on past accomplishments that weren't really his accomplishments, such as um, he was. Uh, they won the Super Bowl with uh, Peyton Manning as their quarterback with the Broncos when he was their offensive coordinator. Was yep. that really him or was it Peyton Manning? All right. And then and then Jay Cutler, you know, had a had a pretty good year with Adam Gase as his offensive coordinator. But was it Adam Gase or was it Jay Cutler? <laughs> you know, like so uh, Adam Gase was living on on other people's accomplishments. <laughs> I totally agree. I uh, I just I. I think he's like one of the like worst coaches. I, I actually, when I was looking through this up and looking through his record, I was actually surprised to see that his, his like overall record is 32 and 48. Like that's actually oh. not as terrible as I thought it would be. Yeah, and he actually, won, good, but... he actually won 10 games the first year he was with Miami. Um, I remember that. But oftentimes the first year on a team is like, you know, that's not 
as much you as it is the second year, you know, a little fair. bit of the guy before. I mean, how many times have we seen a Bears coach be great that first season? Oh, my <laughs> be Lord, terrible. Right? I mean, I literally can name um, uh, Dick Duran, um, uh, Mark Trussman, Mark Trussman, Dave Wanstead. Um, Dave, Dave Wanstead, was he good his first year too? I think you're right. I think he was right. actually he was yeah. actually pretty okay for a little bit though. So let's yeah, not, he was. Let's he, not he, lump he him was. in with um, uh, Matt Nagy, <laughs> like you know oh, what I mean? Lord, yeah. Uh, first years mean don't mean that much. They don't. Yeah, I mean, let's see what you do in your second year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, then we could start talking about Hall of Fame careers. A little hyperbole there. Um, all right, so my second one is. Uh, someone who got fired last year as well, Urban Meyer, um, yeah. <laughs> for the Jaguars. I mean, a terrible NFL head coach, abusive, not a good leader. Um, did stupid things that, like, really, like, are moral things and really shouldn't matter as a coach. But when you're letting it out the way you are, like, just terrible decision making. And like, he just didn't know how to coach an NFL team. He won championships with college teams, but he couldn't do it in the NFL. He is my yeah. number two. Yeah, no, I actually have him on my Mount Rushmore too. He, oh. uh, I couldn't, I can't even think of a coach that was that was more hilariously like out of the NFL like as quickly as him. Like, I can't think yeah. of another coach. Like, I mean, there's a couple guys who quit because like things got bad, and they're like, "Oh gosh, I'm about to ruin my career. I need to go back to college." How many um, years did Nick Saban spend in the NFL with the Dolphins? God, was it even a full year? I don't even think it was a full year. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, God, um, I, it might have been. It might have been like a year and a half, but he definitely left mid-season, I think. Um, Bobby Petrino. Bobby Petrino. That was that hilarious. Was, that was pretty bad. Pretty quick. But he was, again, he didn't make the same mistakes, though, that Urban Meyer was making. Right. Um, and they were, yeah, they're all decent dudes, as far as we know, I guess. You know, we don't not, know. Well, not Urban Meyer, but yeah. Well, yeah, not Urban Meyer. No, of course not. I mean, Bobby Petrino and Nick Saban. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And Saban was there for two full years, so he did not quit. So okay, I so apologize. he did spend two years there. Okay. I, was merging, I was merging him and Petrino together, I think. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I, uh, because they were right around the same time, weren't they? Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have them up there. It's, oh man, what a complete total dirtbag. Anyway, um, why don't you go ahead? Cause I just gave mine. Um, so my third one, Chip Kelly. Oh, I love this one. It's not on mine, but I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Chip Kelly for the Eagles. All right. Not Chip Kelly on the 49ers, although he did deserve to get fired. Chip Kelly on the Eagles was egregious. All right. And let me talk to you why it was so egregious. (laughs) All right. So his first year, he was 10 and six, went to the playoffs. All right. So then he gets all like cocky. All right. And he's like, I can do it without these players. So he gets rid of, I think he got rid of Deshaun Jackson the year before, but he got rid of Deshaun Jackson. He got rid of LaShawn McCoy. He got rid of his Pro Bowl quarterback, Nick Foles. Which that's funny to say, actually, but but still got rid of him um, to bring in Sam Bradford. Um, I I think they maybe had Macklin at that time, um, and they brought in Kevin oh, Cobb too. I oh, think. they also brought in um, no no it was Sam Bradford. You're right. And, you're then, right. and then they brought in uh, the running back Demarco Murray from the Cowboys, who was the leading NFL running back the year before, um, and he failed miserably. Yeah, they. I he, he didn't. He, he Sean McCoy, Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin. Um, he Nick got rid Foles. of Jeremy Macklin. He did get he, rid of Macklin. I think in his third year he got rid of him. But basically, like, yeah, he just he just, he just kept, was like, like shutting players because he's I like, players. I know more. I, I don't need players. Yeah, Who are these he players? even got the, he even got the GM fired. Like he was I don't the even GM. Know how you I think, do that for, as a head coach? Was he a GM for most of the time he was there? Uh, no. So how Howie Roseman was the GM the first couple of years. And then that third year, um, Chip Kelly and him couldn't get along. So the owner got Jeffrey Lurie got rid of uh, Howie Roseman. Oh, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Let's give a bad head coach more power. <laughs> that sounds like a smart idea. Yeah. So that is my third one. That's the first head or the third head I'd have on my Rushmore. What do you got? I, lo- I love it. Thank you. I, I have. So whenever your name gets etched into the record books, for not a good thing, an <laughs> all-time bad thing. 
you just have to be on this. And that is why Rod Marinelli, the first coach to go no. 0 and 16, is on my Mount Rushmore. Now, well, I I don't such hate Mod a great Mar- person. No, I don't hate Rod Marinelli. I love him. He was a great defensive coordinator for the Bears. He went on to be a great defensive coordinator of the Cowboys. He's a great defensive coordinator before he was the head coach of the Lions. But as a head coach, holy cow, he had to go. <laughs> so I don't like it. But in order to be fair, if you're the first coach to go winless in a 16-game season, you must be up here. I agree with your reasoning. I agree with your reasoning. I just hate it because I don't know how bad he was. Like, that was a bad year. I get it. But, like, I don't know. When you're, like, this incredible defensive mind, you know, I don't know. It's tough. He earned he, he earned his his stripes to get to that point. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh-huh. not like Adam Gase, who lived on other people's accomplishments. You know? So, that's a tough one. But I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, well, I've got, for my fourth name, I've got a Bears coach. Now, I need you to know that all of my choices are very recent choices. There are obviously bad hirings. Bad, should have been firings from a long, long ago, such as um, uh, uh, Dave... Uh, Oh, the what was that head coach? Dave Shula for the Bengals. Ridiculous. Um, Richie Kotite for the Jets. You know, and at one point I would have said um, uh, the guy who's the head coach of the Seahawks right now. What's his name? Pete, Pete Carroll. Carroll. I would have said Pete Carroll of the Jets at one or Pete, Pete Carroll of the Patriots at one point. You know, so like um, there's obviously coaches that deserve to be fired back then, but I wanted to use recent ones. So my answer here, though, for my fourth head is Mark Tressman. I love it. (laughs) Now, I need you to know that he kind of earned his own stripes, too. He was known as the quarterback whisperer, all right? He had Bernie Kosar, who had his career year with him. Scott Mitchell had his career year with him. Jake Plummer had his career year with him. Rich Gannon had his career year and won the MVP for the Raiders under Mark Tressman. So like he was known as this Jeff Garcia had his best year with him. Like he was known as this quarterback whisperer, this guy who could get the best out of quarterbacks. So we brought him in to be the head coach for Jay Cutler. Um, the first year, I don't know if you know, remember this because of how much we were so upset by the end of the second year, but the first year, Josh, you know, we went eight and eight, right? So we're eight and six. We lost two games in a row. Didn't make the playoffs but we had the second highest scoring offense in the league. Did you, did you remember that? Yeah. That also would be the highest scoring offense in Chicago bears history. I have no idea, but it was the second highest scoring offense in the league that year. So then he goes into the next year. Everyone's thinking we're going to be 11 and five, 10 and six. We're going to blow up. And he spectacularly falls apart at five and eleven, um, we had five straight losses to end the season. We had back-to-back games where we lost um, by fifty points to to the oh, Packers gosh. and to the Patriots. I remember our, those. We had lost our defensive tenacity, and that's really what doomed him. Like our offense wasn't quite as good as it was the year before, but our defense really was terrible. Yeah, now those years were really dark, to be honest. Yeah, um, man. Like, I get I get it. Like, he's this quarterback whisperer. You know what I mean? Like, he had all these players who did such amazing things under him, just like Andy Reid. Andy Reid is considered a quarterback whisperer. You know? So we're thinking, oh, maybe we're getting the next Andy Reid. Yeah, but he's also a great play caller, too. Trestman so. was a great play caller. I'm not saying with the Bears, <laughs> but I'm saying as an offensive coordinator, he was a great play caller. Yeah. I uh, I think the only thing that was worse was like when Trashman got fired. The only thing that was worse than that is finding out we we hired John Fox. I was like, <laughs> can I just have Trashman back for one more year? <laughs> like maybe that guy will just go retire. And I think John Fox was he the first coach that we hired that ha- that had actually had a coaching job before. Oh, the first... no, not at all. Like in the history of the Bears. Yeah. Oh no 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 not at all. I mean, obviously, Hallis coached the Bears multiple different times, but um, I don't know why I was thinking that. Anyway, my next oh, one, speaking okay, wait, of... The... Wait, wait, you might be right. Wait. Anyway. 
I'll look into it. I'll look into it. Go ahead. Okay, sounds good. So my next pick is also a Bears coach, and that is Mike Dicka, but not for his time on the Bears. Okay, his time on the Bears <laughs> was quite was quite good. I don't know if you know we won a Super Bowl and almost won like three others. Yeah, we could have, right? Unbelievable. But I am speaking about the time that he was on the Saints and his not-so-great tenure with them. So he was hired in 97, had a okay year, not an okay year, below average year, and the next year below average, same thing. And then 99 happens, and he does something that I don't – has it ever been done before? Or no. Was, no, no, but, this has literally never happened this way. Mm. Well, Herschel Walker was something similar, but regardless – He trades all of his draft picks in the 1999 draft to acquire the fifth pick and take Ricky Williams. Now, I don't know if you remember Ricky Williams, but Ricky Williams was, he was quite a good running back, but he also very much loved marijuana. And (laughs) due to that relationship, he did not play a lot of his first couple of years in the NFL. Now, he did go on to have a pretty pretty okay career with the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think he had two stints with them. And then, and then, yeah, he, he didn't, he didn't have like an all time career, but he did do okay. But he was not in like anyone's mind, the guy that you would give up seven draft picks for. Right. So with that said, he then went on to this 2000 uh, year and was fired after a. It was three and 13. Oh, it was three and 13. Ah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. They, yeah, no, it was three thirteen, but yeah, like it's insane. Like he had an egregiously bad year with someone he literally sold the farm for. Yes, and I you had gotta the, go. You gotta go I, when things like that happen. And that was the '99 season, not the 2000 season, by the way. Yeah, yep. yeah, yep. That's you gotta go when you do things like that. But it is what it is. Um, so that's our Mount Rushmores of coaches deserving to be fired be interesting to do like a mount rushmore of coaches that weren't that didn't deserve to be fired there that might be an interesting list as well there aren't that many but there might be some i don't know it'd be interesting to see um i'd have belichick on there (laughs) um all right josh well let's go ahead let's get into the, the the top five games of the week and one of them is always the bears And starting that off, we're going to start with the Bears game and kind of break that down a little bit. Um, The Bears came up short 29 to 22 to the Vikings. Josh, watching that game, did you see two different Bears teams? Perhaps. Well, I mean, let's see here. They what did Miami throw up 21 points in the first quarter? Was it or is it small? Like, or was it a little bit into the second quarter that they got through? Oh, no, it was the second quarter. You mean Minnesota? Yeah, Minnesota got two touchdowns in the second quarter, one in the first. And the Bears really didn't have an answer. And then all of a sudden, like, what, mid or late second quarter, they started playing. Yeah, they started playing defense. They scored a touchdown. They They got everything going. Like, they got their team actually to a place where they could contend with the Vikings and came back and almost won, actually, um, until a terrible – we were on our way to tighten the game until a terrible fumble by a – was he a rookie? Uh, No, no. His second-year player uh, actually was cut by Minnesota earlier this year. Um, uh, Oh, is that right? Smith Marset. Smith Marset. He actually went to Iowa. So he was like a plant. So he meant to do that. He was – they cut him yeah, to get exactly. signed for the Bears to go and fumble the ball. Okay. Yeah, so so we're down 21 to 3. They miss a field goal. We get the ball back. We throw a bomb to uh um Darnell Mooney for an incredible catch. We score a touchdown off that. And all of a sudden, everything kind of changes. We take that first drive in the second half down for a touchdown. Then the next drive, we get a field goal. Then the next drive, we get another field goal. So we're up 22-21. And then the wheels kind of came off the defense, but you know, it is what it is that happens. But I saw growth in Justin Fields. I, I don't know. Even though, no growth, no improvement. None? I don't know. I don't know how you can say that that's growth. Like, really? You don't think the second half was growth? I mean, it was better than the first, than the first quarter and some of the second quarter. But did but... you see some of the drops that he had to deal with too? 
Like I mean, the thing is, yeah, there, is, there is definitely, there was definitely, a, I agree. He didn't play great the first part, but like he definitely had growth in that second half, man. He was hitting, he was hitting play, players in the right places. He was feeling the pocket a lot more getting out when he needed to. Um, he made the right moves. He would have had a rushing touchdown if it wasn't for the same wide receiver, Smith Marset, for that holding call. Yeah, right. but but he he was throwing it to Komet in the middle of the field. He was throwing it to people on the sideline. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm I'm not saying it's it ha, it all happened all overnight, and it's not going to. But there was improvement, and and if you can't at least acknowledge that there's improvement, and you're just going to be negative, like I don't know if your opinion matters. Yeah, I don't know, man. You, like, like you, I feel like you constantly do this. You're constantly apologizing for quarterbacks that like have like a terrible career, but they have one good game. Like, I feel like you're, I'm not saying he had a good game. I'm saying that there was improvement. There was no, but you, you can't, you can't deny that's that not there wasn't improvement. some improvement. Two quarters, two quarters of a game is not improvement. That's not improvement. That's having a decent, a decent, like not, not even decent, just having a not crap game. No, that's not improvement. That's still, imp- that's still some steps forward that he wasn't doing in games before. I, I, that it's not enough. I'm not saying he's the quarterback of the future. I'm not saying that we need to keep him at the end of this year. I'm just saying that for this season, these were steps forward that we hadn't seen previous. Do you agree with that statement? No, I don't. I think it's the same, the same crap, but it's just, he had a little bit more success. That's crap. No, that's not, no. He still only completed 15 passes, Dave. Dude. But look, like, I understand that, but that's still more than he was doing before. That's what I'm saying. It's still a step forward. Even if it's a small step forward, it's still a step forward. But I, I don't agree. I mean, you're wrong. That's cool. Um, Kirk Cousins was 17 for 17 to start the game. Um, the best start of his career. That's impressive. That's impressive. Um, and it's disgusting. <laughs> Boy. The Bears could not stop him um, or Jefferson during that uh, during that game. I think Jefferson had like twelve catches. Yeah, I mean he was always open, but um, I think I'm not sure why that they did. They chose to allow him to be open, even though maybe it wasn't their choice. But well, um, I mean they constantly were like four yards off him. They were never pressing him, which was weird. I thought. Yeah, I mean uh, uh, Kirk Cousins. I mean, almost half of his, not, not quite half, but almost half of his passes were completed as Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, I'm not sure why you play that way, but I mean, we did almost come back and win. So yeah, maybe, maybe playing that way, knowing that we could bottle him up once he catches the ball, which I, I guess we kind of did. I mean, he, he had 12 catches, 12.8 yards average, which is still pretty good. So, I mean, I don't, right. I don't know what, what happened there. All I know is that they kind of, actually kept the lid on their them scoring points so mm. it's a weird way to do it but uh, i'll accept it well let's move on to this to the second game number two chiefs win okay okay so we, over the raiders gotta, 30 to 20 so that's that's not a professional person coming in and doing like a, a transition that's <laughs> dave just stepping back from his microphone lowering his voice and saying <laughs> game two so no, we have not upgraded. We are <laughs> we are still just me and him talking. And he makes it weird. Go ahead. <laughs> but hold on. Um this uh the Chiefs won the squeaker over the Raiders 30 to 29 and this segment is being brought to you by Papa John's Pizza. We're not good, <laughs> but we're expensive. <laughs> All right. So the Chiefs won a squeaker over the Raiders, thirty to twenty-nine. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to cut that out, right? <laughs> no, you can't cut that out. Leave that in. That's hilarious. Um, the Raiders uh, were winning the game seventeen to zero, and then the Chiefs came back and did what the Chiefs always do. Kelsey had four touchdowns. Um, uh, I thought Juju looked terrible, by the way. I, I don't know what they like. They definitely did not get the Juju uh, Smith-Schuster from the Steelers. <laughs> they got some new version of him that just drops everything. Yeah, I mean, I thought I could 
Equinemius. Oh my lord, I got him mixed up. Marquez Velez Yentling actually looked kind of okay. He got I thought a couple the same balls. Thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's I, I, when he threw it to Chuju every single time? I just was like, oh, this isn't going to turn out well. Like whatever it was, it's not going to turn out well. And he brought in a couple of them, but man, he is not. He's not the bit like the what? What was he like? Twenty years old when he came in the league. The twenty-year-old Juju, like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't he doesn't look very good. Um, I thought the one of the the things in the game that I definitely wanted to touch base on, um, that also happened in the Buccaneers game is there was an egregious roughing the passer call. Um, uh, now now the Buccaneers one I felt like was worse because it literally changed the outcome of a game. Um, but uh, what happened was that the defensive lineman for the Falcons uh, took Tom Brady and sacked him, and he was called for roughing the passer. Now, he did swing him over the side of him because he was falling. Um, and then uh, the same thing happened in the Chiefs-Raiders game uh, with Chris Jones um, called for roughing the passer on Derek Carr. I don't know. I'm getting sick and tired of these roughing the passer calls. Like, I get, I get what they're trying to do. But at some point, don't we have to say, and I heard someone say it, I can't remember where, but don't we have to say that NFL football, it's violent. It hurts. Yeah, I I don't, I don't, the Tom Brady call, okay, as far as everyone exploding about how egregious this was, like, it absolutely pales in comparison to the fact that Derek Carr, so the rule actually states that, like, if the quarterback is capable of protecting himself. So like once the ball's out, so if he's the passer, right. And he throws the ball once he's capable of protecting himself. Now, you know, people can block down on him or, you know, like whatever. Right. But, you know, once, once, once that happens, he no longer is kind of considered like the, the, the quarterback when he was sacking when Chris Chandler Jones was sacked or is it Christian Jones? Gosh, I always get them confused. It was uh, it was Chris Jones. It was Chris Jones. Yeah. So when Christian Jones was 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 sacking him, he knocked the ball out, right? So right. then then Derek Carr goes to brace himself to the ground, which automatically means he's able to protect himself, right? Doesn't have mm-hmm. the ball in his hands. He braces himself for the for the fall, mm-hmm. and then Christian Jones falls on him with his weight, which is where they call the which they've been calling pretty consistently. But the problem is he didn't have the ball anymore. And to be honest, the guy kind of wasn't trying to sack him anymore at that point. He had the ball in his hands. He was just trying to hang on to the ball. So yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I just, I don't know. I just feel like the referees are taking the games into their own hands, and, and it's it's getting tiring. Yeah, and it's it the, now the Tom Brady one. I would say that like, yeah, that's definitely something that would not have been called even just ten years ago. But I would say that that's a pretty standard roughing the passer call at this point. Okay. Okay. Like, he flung him to the ground. Now it wasn't very hard. Okay. I'll give you that, but he did fling him to the ground and that's something that they've been on top of over the past three, four years. So I, that and the falling on them with the whole weight. So right. I don't think that one's nearly as terrible, which why aren't we taught like, like why, why has the rule been written in such a way that if a, a player strips the quarterback that, after he strips them that it still could be roughing the passer on the way to the ground. Like it makes no sense. Yeah. That's stupid. No, I agree. That, that's stupid. It needs to be reevaluated. Um, also what needs to be reevaluated is what, like allowing you to pick the games we talk about. Cause for some reason you chose the Broncos versus Colts game to talk about this week. And that was literally the most boring game I've ever watched in my life. Yeah. I figured uh, we could save some time. <laughs> It was boring. Let's move on. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I just remember one time I gave you two nights in a row of choosing movies when when uh, you were living with living with me in my first place, and you chose um, uh, you chose Fantastic Four two, The Silver Surfer, <laughs> and then the next night you chose Ghost Rider, <laughs> and you lost all your movie privileges. I mean, it doesn't matter what you say. I'm cutting this part out. So whatever. <laughs> Are you serious? That's funny, dude. <laughs> That's freaking funny. Um, okay. Uh, 
Colts won a snoozer over the Broncos, 12 to 9. It's literally the most boring game ever. Um, Russell Wilson was terrible. Matt Ryan was terrible. There were 10 sacks in the game, which was kind of exciting. Matt Ryan was sacked six times, two and a half times by Bradley Chubb. And that's really all I have to say about the game. There was uh, three, four, five, six, seven field goals. So <laughs> in the first, like, three play, the third play of the game, I think, Naeem Hines got through, thrown to the ground. And I don't know if you saw it, but when he got up, it was the same thing as Tua. Yeah. I he, like, it. literally was, like, out of control of himself. Like, it was mm-hmm. absolutely crazy. And to be honest, I don't think I've seen hits like that more than just a couple times in my whole life. And now we saw him back-to-back. And now we saw him back-to-back. Right. Now, with all of this, like, now Chris Olave, I think, is out with a concussion. And I think it was fairly mild, but he's not going to play because of the extra special care. So like, like, do you think there's a point at which like, they're going to be like back off again? Or do you think from now on, if your head hits the ground, not only are you out of this game, if you were labeled to have a concussion, you're going to be out for multiple weeks, no matter what. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think it should be, if you have a concussion, you should be out. You should be out multiple weeks. But now, but I feel like now people are going to be called out of a game that they don't have a concussion in, though, simply because their head hit the ground. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, not because their head hit the ground. They need to show the. They need to run through the things like they would on a, a normal circumstance of a of a uh, concussion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, I don't know. It just seems like more players are getting pulled now. I just that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know what to do. Like they're just trying to make a game that's violent safe, and it's not possible. I mean, it's cool to make it safer, but like... Oh, totally, totally. But they're but trying it, to make it be something that it's not. Exactly. It's it's a little bit... It's a little yeah. bit weird. It's a little no, bit weird. It is, it is, it is. No, believe me, I'm all about player safety and, like, we need to take do what we can, but we we also need to understand what, what game we're watching and playing here. You know what I mean? Absolutely. All right. Well, Josh, let's move on to the next game. Uh, this would be game four. Um, and that is the Ravens. Again, again, not a professional, just him <laughs> talking. Ravens beat the Bengals at home 19 to 17. Listen to these uh, QBRs, man. Burrow had a 30.8 QBR and Jackson, Lamar Jackson had a 27.8 um, uh, QBR. Uh, basically, uh, the MVP of that game was uh, Justin Tucker. <laughs> four for four, 58 the longest. Literally super dependable. Yeah, I. This game was slated to be like the game that you want like all of your fantasy players to be in. Oh, totally. Because I know. I had Lamar Jackson playing in it. I had uh, um, Mixon playing in it. I was excited. I mean, everyone started Burrow, Mixon, um, Chase, Chase, Higgins, um, Higgins. Um, sure. Uh, maybe that's it. And then Lamar. <laughs> like... <laughs> I think they played J.K. Dobbins, too. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. But Mark Andrews. And okay. and honestly, the only player that turned out pretty decent was Mark Andrews and uh, and Joe Mixon. Uh, Hayden Hurst had a great day. Yeah, Hayden Hurst had a good one. Enough to get picked up on the waiver wire. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and, now, was- and now, again, Lamar Jackson kind of struggles um, kind of interesting. Uh, I think he was 19 for 32, had like a 27-8 QBR. I mean, it's yeah. why does Lamar go through these like periods of like he like forgets how to like play like quarterback? I don't know. Like it seems like he just but you really know what? Has these hard struggle when games. he needed to when he needed to nut up, he did. Like he <laughs> he is a winner. Okay, for sure. That's not. Like that's he's a winner. That's what he does. He does his best at the end of a game for sure. But I just like it's kind of it's a little bit weird to see like a a guy who like we're looking at possibly being another like getting his second MVP that is this inconsistent. You know, um, now know. first couple of years, first couple of games this year, I mean, absolutely bonkers, out of control. But I mean, what is it last week and this week? Yeah, really? two weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean, just kind of disappeared, which is, you know, it happens. But, I mean, yeah. to, in my opinion, it doesn't happen to, like, 
perennial MVP years. You know, so it's a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, we'll find out. Like, I mean, we got a long season still ahead of us. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But you know what? What about the Devontae Adams thing that happened at the end of the game? Um, egregious or so the, not a big you, deal? You mean the end of the Chiefs game? Oh, dude, I wrote Devontae Adams. I actually put it in the wrong place. I apologize. Yeah, Devontae Adams at the end of the Chiefs game. I wanted to talk about that, and I accidentally put it in the wrong place. Um, Devontae Adams pushed a camera guy from Monday Night Football or someone that worked for Monday Night Football out of the way when he was walking through the tunnel. I watched it like three or four times. There was definitely malice in it. He is just a whiny little baby, and that's he lost the game. He just probably gets get it from Aaron Rodgers. Did we even mention the, the dumb two-point conversion call by McDaniels? Or did you like that call? Um, I, We didn't talk about it, no. I don't actually – I'm trying to remember it. Like, I literally yeah, – so the, they scored a TD. They could have tied the game with uh, the PAT. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But instead, he do, goes for the two-point conversion. and But it's not like there's, like, three seconds left, right? No, he goes no, for the no, two-point no. conversion there, with, like, like minutes, minutes. minutes left in the game yeah. with Patrick Mahomes. Like, right. Patrick Mahomes, who scored, what, two touchdowns in less than 47 seconds in the playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? <sighs> yeah, I, I agree. That w- wasn't wasn't a good call. But, you know, McDaniels is learning, um, and the Raiders will continue to lose. So, Weird. Um, okay, so the final game, game five. The Packers fall like the London Bridge to the Giants, 27-22 in London. Um, Josh, I need to tell you, my heart is full. My heart I know. is full. <laughs> I mean, all I have to say is Rodgers is totally done. Like, he just he's <laughs> Totally done. done. He's literally the worst quarterback I've ever seen in the world. Like, I just, I, I mean, they lost to the Giants. They lost to the Giants. So granted the Bears did too, but the Bears aren't good. So <laughs> Who's talking about the Bears? I was talking about the Green Bay Packers. They lost to the Giants. Is Dayball the coach of the year? Like five um, games into the season? Well let's see here. He is like the worst team in the league, yet he has one Four of the better records in the league. Right? Like I mean he's doing this with Daniel Jones. Like it's unbelievable. It's like he's he, he's using tape and mirrors and paper to to somehow put it together and and move him down the field, but he does it. And and Saquon Barkley, he's gotten a ton out of. Now that probably helps having Saquon Barkley. Who knows what the other coaches for the Giants would have done if they had Saquon Barkley? Yeah, I mean that's a valid point, but I mean, I, he's doing a good enough job. I, we'll see. So for the, through yeah. the first five games, is he the coach of the year? Through the first five games, I would say no. Would I would say? say best new coach of the year. I would say promising coach of the year. But best coach of the year, nah, I think that's uh, Nick Sirianni. I think he's he's really taken the Philadelphia Eagles to, like, next level. Like, I know, which is so crazy because last year I didn't think he was that good. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, that's but well, that's what it takes, you know what I mean? It's just like... Like we're we're arguing about Justin Fields until he's awesome, like Jalen Hurts all of a sudden is. Like we're just you know he's he stinks. Like it's crazy to think that Jalen Hurts actually is in a was in a very similar situation last year. He Justin really was. It's in this year, which is what I keep telling myself why there's still a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope because like something like that can happen. I don't no, think Josh, gonna, don't kill but, your negativity, man. It's what makes you you. Well, now you just make me sound like a. Like, no fun Debbie Downer, dude. Like, <laughs> I've never seen you be positive about the Bears, literally ever. <laughs> like... Dave, I was born the very last year that the Bears won anything. Yeah, you okay? were born. Yeah, you were born three months after the Bears won the Super Bowl. No, I was born nine months before they won the Super Bowl. But oh, that's right, eighty-five. I was thinking you were born in eighty-six. I don't know why. Sorry. I don't even remember that, you know, <laughs> I don't even have that small little bit of success that I constantly boast about that. I never actually was there for. I've seen it a thousand times on VHS, but I wasn't actually there for it, Dave. So what do you want me to be positive about? You want me to be so happy that we won a couple games? Hey, listen, 
I love when the Bears win. I'm always happy when the Bears win. So is is that is that why I'm an apologist? Is that, is it because of the '85 Bears that I literally remember running around my Mima's house watching the game? I it I it has to be. You have to remember at least something enough. I do enough of that season. I that remember Super Bowl. The joyous that, feeling that '85 was. Yeah, exactly. I got a new a new a new baby baby brother, and the Bears won the Super Bowl. It was crazy. Yeah plotting out how to beat them up later um <laughs> all right let's get into the fantasy football depression here all right uh and it is depressing for me because i'm now one in four i um, cannot believe you just keep losing like last week you straight up just lost but it, like even the weeks you're doing well it's just you're oh that's hilarious <laughs> i don't know Josh, i really think this is like like god saying stop paying a hundred dollars you nitwit <laughs> Because God sounds like a like a eighty year old woman in London. Like, yeah, like you knit. <laughs> um. Oh man. Um. Yeah, I can't believe I keep losing too. <laughs> I, I'm really just disgusted. I and I don't know what to do because I've got like I literally have great players on my team. <laughs> like, great players. Listen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Mixon, David Montgomery, um, Brandon Cooks. Uh, it's just insane. I would yeah. say you can lose up to eight games and still make the playoffs in a 10 team league, right? Well, I'm halfway there, so <laughs> but you're already halfway there, so it like makes me feel like maybe that's not gonna happen for you. I know, <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh. Let's jump in, man. Who's the fantasy football star of the week? So I have that bastard, Tyson Hill, who kept stealing touchdowns for my running back. Oh, dude, that's who I had too, Tyson Hill, <laughs> jerk, stupid. Dummy. Yeah, tomorrow, man. Dummy. He had, he had sure. some good rushing yards, but he did, he never got in that end zone. Blah. He actually had almost 200 all-purpose yards. Yeah. He had 112 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, a passing touchdown. I, just... I thought about playing him as my tight end this week. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to because he's just – he's boomer bust. Yeah, he's going to get like – he's going to get like 75 points next week. This is what's going to happen. Because I didn't pick him up. If I picked him up, he oh, would. Oh, dude, 1.4 points. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> 1.4 points. I think that's literally what two of my players got me this week. Um, and one of those players is my my bust, Gerald Everett. Oh, man, right? Oh, my gosh. So, Three weeks oh, of being on fire. So oh. first, like, I know what everyone's thinking. But Josh, he was a free, he was a waiver wire pickup, and he's gotten double digit points almost every single week. And I'd say, I don't care. He screwed me in my other league because <laughs> of him. I didn't win. That's hilarious. Well, Jerry Leverett's on my team, so that makes sense. Uh, fantasy football bust for me, Jalen Waddle, man. Three catches, twenty three yards, back to back weeks of not doing much. I think he's a sit until Tua comes back. I mean, they have Sky Thompson. I think so, because they're throwing everything to Tyreek right now. But no, plus Sky Thompson is starting this week. It's not going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, good Lord. It's going to be ugly. It's going to oh, be ugly. Gonna get, I mean, and but you know what? I kind of think like maybe like one of those guys is going to get over-targeted because he's not going to know what to do with the ball. Fair. But it's got to be Hill, right? It's not going to be anybody else. Yeah, it'll be, just, it'll just be it'll, Hill. It'll be Hill, and they'll run the ball a lot. Um, Fantasy football drop this week. I've got DJ Moore. Third game in a row with three or less catches. And now he doesn't have Baker. And now he doesn't have a coach. And now he still plays for the Panthers. That all seems pretty bad. I would say Rams running backs. It's time. I feel like we've said them before. No, I don't think we've said Cam Akers yet. I'm full on. (laughs) I'm full on. Get rid of that guy because he is We're literally just, start just naming Rams running backs. Like, like they don't even have to still be played. Drop Dickerson. Drop, drop Malcolm Todd Brown. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Gosh, I mean, what Jerome Bettis played. Drop that guy. <laughs> All of them must. All of them. Marshall Falk. Get rid of him. Oh, uh, go. All right. So that's the negative part. What's the pickup, man? What's the hope? I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, one of them, so I chose another one. I'm pretty sure you have Kenneth Walker too, right? I do not. Okay, well, I have Kenneth Walker. Who do you got? You know Benjamin. I think he's a pretty decent play this week, isn't he? Yeah, I think I'm actually going to play him over uh, 
a third wide receiver this week over Curtis Samuel. Should I play him over Curtis Samuel or over Christian Kirk? I have no idea. Christian Kirk has done nothing for three weeks now. I don't know. It's always tough when you pick up a guy off the free agent market because you feel so good about them, you know, but sometimes you need to like just chill and take your medicine, you know? So I had, I had Kenneth Walker on my team at one point. Really? I drafted him. Oh, wait, that's right. I remember that. Yep. I drafted him. And then I dropped him because I was like, well, I need to pick up, uh, um, uh, P Ryan. For oh, that's right. that Joe Mixon that's right. might not play. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's that stinks. That really does stink. Really does. It, but it's par for the course for me in fantasy football. So, um, but you know Benjamin's a great a great play, especially if James Conner and Daryl Williams miss, which they look like they will. So I don't know. Do you think I should play him? It's it. Okay, so let me let me think here. What are, what are the players that you're playing? You're going to play him over again? Um, <clears throat> Christian Kirk. Or Curtis Samuel? I would say I would almost guarantee that he'll touch the ball more than 13, 14, 15 times. I would, like, I would say, yeah, he's going to touch the ball 15 or more times. So pay, play him over which one? Uh, to be honest, I, I would do either, my, in my opinion. But okay, I, well, I think, then, then I I think, Curtis, I think I'll, Curtis... I'll just I'll play um, Cortland Sutton and Cooper Cup. That's a good idea. Um, and Eno Benjamin in my flex. I think that's a good idea. Because Christian Kirk, I mean, he was doing great. And we were singing his praises last week for sure. But, mm-hmm. I mean, what what is he, like one catch for four yards or something like that? Yeah. Um, well, what's his name is come back down to earth, that quarterback. Or he just had a down game. He so, had two, three, two bad games in a row. Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, I would almost definitely play him over, or over Kirk and – Samuel has the Bears, so I mean, I probably would play him over Cooper Cobb. Um Wait, what? I'm just joking. I'm making oh, fun okay. of the Bears again. Would you play Curtis Samuel or Cortland Sutton? I'm literally asking you how to do my team this week because obviously I can't win. Oh, dude, Cortland Sutton all the way. Unless okay. unless Russ for some reason is out. I think he is out. No, he's got a shoulder thing, but I, don't, I think he's going to play. Oh, but dude, it was so ugly last week. I mean, never, but he I'm never still had a good game. Again. Sutton still had a good game, didn't he? Yeah, he had a decent game. He had 12 points. Well, Samuel had 12 points last week, and he had an amazing matchup. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So. All right, man. Well, uh, let's go ahead. Um, let's move on um, to your, if you know this, you're a nerd question of the week. i got to come up with a song for that. If you know this, you're a nerd question of the week. Again, not a professional, just <laughs> David. Um, so speaking about head coach firings, mm-hmm. can you name the team that has had the most head coaches in the Super Bowl era? The Raiders. Nope. This is still 2021, which it doesn't matter. They still would have had the most. The Jets. The Bears? Nope. Okay, I don't know. The Browns. They have had. Oh, one... that makes sense. Yeah. So, so how many Super Bowls have there been? Right. There's been uh, 30, 40, 50. I don't even know. I can't count right now. Um, Fifty-four. Sixty-six was the first Super Bowl. Yeah. So there's been fifty-four Super Bowls. I think. Sixty-eight. Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. So fi- there's been fifty-four Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. And the Cleveland Browns have had 22 head coaches in that era. That's wow. One coach every two years. Yeah. I mean, it really makes you feel like 12. Well, like the and that's counting like so many years with Marty Schottenheimer as their coach. Jeez. I had another one in my back pocket um, because of Kelsey's four touchdown game. Can you okay. name the, can you name the tight end with the most touchdowns in a single game? Jason Kelsey. I mean, no. John, Jason Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, the lineman for the Eagles. No, um, uh, Mike Dicka. Kellen Winslow. He had five. 
he was a flash in the pan. Yeah, he also I think he had like one of those one of the greatest runs of all time too, where he like mm. broke like nine tackles. I th- or I think that was him. Yeah. Are you thinking of Jeremy Shockey? No, definitely not Mark thinking Lamar. of Jeremy Shockey. Nope, not thinking of him either. <laughs> okay, it just they, they, they both had <laughs> insane runs. Okay, all right, cool. Mike Dicka. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> all right, Josh. Well, today is October 12th, and today would be the birthday of Mr. Chris Chandler. He had 17 seasons in the NFL, He had, and he played for, with eight teams. You know that's a record? A record with Ryan Fitzpatrick and two others playing for the most teams. Do you know what years he had his best years, though? I don't remember. 97 and 98 with the Atlanta Falcons. He had career highs in yards and touchdowns in 98, leading the Falcons to the Super Bowl and a 14 and two record. Um, He actually had the, uh, um, he averaged the highest amount of yards per pass completion in the league that year with just a, he was just a shade under 10 yards. Um, But his downfall was that he was always injured. In fact, he got the nickname Crystal Chandelier. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember I think him it's a great being <laughs> It's not one you want, but it's fun for me. Oh, it's certainly not the one you want. <laughs> no. But also listen to this. He was drafted in the third round, and he made the all-rookie team of the Indianapolis Colts in 1988 before he was then traded away because the Colts drafted Jeff George, who was one of the biggest busts in NFL history. Josh, do you have any thoughts on Chris Chandler? I was somehow excited that we got him at the Bears in 2002. I'm not sure yeah. why. <laughs> yeah, it's like when he's ancient. Man, yeah, I'm like, so glad we have an old man quarterbacking like, our team. Yeah. Is that grandpa out there? <laughs> then I saw him, them, like, carting him onto the field. You know, you don't really, like, they get carted off the field. They carted him on because <laughs> he's just so old. He couldn't walk on. And... <laughs> And then I knew we were in trouble. The field and then get carted off. <laughs> it was a day. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on Chris Chandler? Uh, he is one of those epically just whatever quarterbacks. <laughs> but, I mean, what, like, who else did we have today? Like, Ryan Clark? <laughs> There's no one else today. So, Chris Chandler it is. Chris Chandler. Well, Chris Chandler, October 12th. 2022 happy birthday happy happy birthday all right josh well we're almost out of time um we obviously don't have another hub controversy but good news uh hub arkish is um in rehab and doing well from everything that i hear on the uh hear from uh, the chicago um announcers out there so hopefully we'll have a hub controversy soon um, but real quick, uh, basketball season is about to start. Um, the Bulls and oh, hold on. before we before we get into that, um, I wanted to mention that, like, did you realize that bye week start this week in fantasy? Oh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So I would say that, like, the best thing to do with bye weeks is like, like, if you have a backup tight end, if you're backup defense, backup quarterback just let them go because even though you're like you're you're trying to play the streaming game it's much much better if you don't drop on your starters so um so i personally have the denver broncos and the philadelphia eagles and i've been swapping them in and out having a great year doing that but i've i gotta let go of them you gotta let go of one of them so um best thing to do is just make sure you don't have any doubles on your bench so all right, that sounds good. I'm playing Dallas's defense every week, and every week it has been spectacular. <laughs> well, that's because they have a guy who literally just does he actually? I mean, they allow him into the backfield before the play now, right? There's I'm, like a I'm, new rule, I'm right? Pretty sure that he is Lawrence Taylor reincarnated. I didn't know re- Lawrence Taylor was dead, but he must be because he was reincarnated in Micah Parsons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he is spectacular. I, 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 who are they playing this week? Is it the Broncos? Oh, I have no idea. I just know that the next three games are just easy peasy for them. 
I think it is the Broncos, which means I need to sit Russell Wilson, no matter what. Oh, crap. <laughs> I shouldn't play Cortland Sutton. Oh, it's not the Broncos. It's not the Broncos, no. Oh, oh, it's God. Philadelphia. Oh, I should still play, not play Cortland Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll decide that later. Well, Josh, you used up all our time because you're so darn selfish. Um, so I guess people, folks, friends, you'll have to wait till next week to hear about cheese rolling. That's right. Cheese rolling. All right. But until then, stay cynical.